For over a decade, the Chicago Afrobeat project has been fusing Afrobeat with Chicago house, indie rock, hip hop, and jazz. On its newest release, What Goes Up, the band features special guest and Fela Kuti drummer Tony Allen, as well as many Chicago vocalists and MCs. I got a chance to speak with members of the Chicago Afrobeat project to talk about that release. This is that conversation. You are listening to Vocalo Radio. I'm Jesse Menendez. My in-studio guests are Dave and Kevin from the Chicago Afrobeat Project. Gentlemen, how are we? Doing great. Good. So there's a lot to unpack here. I certainly want to get into this new album. But before that, for those who might be unfamiliar with Afrobeat, Latino percussion, just Afro in general, let's get some background on how this project formed. And what I mean by that specifically is how this sound came into fruition for this band that has up to 47 members on, at some points. How is it that you were all able to agree <laughs> on what would become the sonic identity of this group? Well, that's a deep question. So um, we started about 15 years ago. Um, we had some like-minded individuals who were interested in uh, collaborating and already interested in African music. Uh, and Afrobeat in particular. We're getting in uh, together at a loft that Kevin was living in at the time uh, down on Lake Street. And uh, over a number of sessions, just everybody kept bringing in somebody else into the group. And uh, the sound sort of evolved. I think from the very beginning, we always kind of wanted to inject our own Chicago angle into Afrobeat. Never really wanted to be sort of a, a clone of Fela or his uh, kids. But um that's sort of the beginning of the of the project. And how did it come that the two of you found Afrobeat to begin with? Now, I'm not suggesting it's an obscure genre, but it is a genre that certainly lends itself to specific tastes. Sure, sure. So my background was in rock and, uh, you know, a little bit of jazz. And I think um, I was introduced to Afrobeat uh, by our then drummer. I like telling the story the first time I heard it. I just it did something didn't click. I just didn't uh, didn't pick up on it. Um, I think I was played uh, Fela's ITT, and um, you know, uh, maybe a week later or so, I heard uh, I heard another track, and all of a sudden, it just to me, I was like, oh, now I get it. You know, it's just, and um, for me, what I was looking for at the time, just the you know these really long songs. Uh, you know, our style's not that way now, really, but at the time, lots of improvisation still had a social message behind the music, which was you know resonated with the. You know us today as well as us in our um, in our younger twenties, and it was dance music. You throw all that together, it's kind of hard to not find this pretty uh, addicting. Brother. 
What Goes Up is the latest record from this band. Pretty interesting title, right? Because the other side of that phrase is must come down. Mm. Do you find that this might be the preludes of a swan song? Or what's the idea behind labeling this album? Part of it is we thought it was the best song title that could lend itself to an album title as well. And the concept, as you just explained, it was kind of interesting. And we did sort of a flip with the the album title and the song title where the, the album's called What Goes Up and the song is called Must Come Down. Um, and that's kind of the hook line in the tune. Um, it's also kind of a social commentary obviously, uh, that you can stretch pretty far to uh, what's happening in the current political climate in the United States and in the world in many respects. So, The album opens up with, with Beehive, which is interesting how it kind of plays into what the song sounds like as well. There's this essential buzzing that takes place, and then the Kenya comes in mm-hmm. and starts also talking about buzzing and bees. Tell me about how this song came together and how much of it you wanted to be very explicit to the title and, and also paint the picture of what a bee might do. Yeah. I think for us, we um, a lot of these tracks, when we brought uh, Tony Allen here to uh, work with us. Which in, we'll get to in a second. Yeah. Uh, years ago, we wrote the music first, and then we, we had the idea of bringing in all of these guest collaborators as we have worked with in the, in the past. And uh, Kenya came in, and uh, you know we just kind of talked about how the um, – you know, some of the horns sort of reminded us of, you know, like bees sort of buzzing at the moment. And then she really ran with the idea and wrote a lot of the lyrics with Kevin and I um, contributing as well. But I think we wanted to put this song first because it kind of represents for us a lot of what music is. It just brings everybody together. This, you know, brings this band together. Afrobeat brings all this, the, these artists together. And it sets the tone for the rest of the record where um, we really explore a lot of different social issues uh, through each lyricist and vocalist. And, um, you know, I think this song kind of the, the Tony's rhythms in particular, the way he shifts between uh, six, eight and four, four on this track. We really wanted to make sure that that was heard by a lot of people, too. So for those reasons, kind of put it first. Sounds keep buzzing. You can't help yourself. Life is jumping. Sweet like nothing. How does it feel to have somebody who you grew up listening to on your record? There's got to be some, some, in some fashion, I imagine this is like the ultimate form of validation. Like, we love this music, we wanted it to play within its style, and now we have one of the individuals who's part of our one of our favorite acts. Yeah, I think, you know, validation is a, is a, a unique word for this uh, project in particular. I think that we never really doubted what we are, were doing. I think that if there were any sort of shred of doubt over the last 15 years we've been around, uh, certainly Tony coming from Paris twice, uh, you know, over two years to come and collaborate with us for, you know, the first year we had a couple concerts and workshops and studio sessions. The second year he came, we actually did an eight-date tour uh, across the country uh, to New York and um, got back in the studio again and then, you know, for a couple of years back and forth, bounced the tracks back and got his feedback on what was happening with the record. So this is something with Tony where 
like Kevin was saying, it, it was a collaboration. Uh, he was as much a part of this record as we were. Uh, and all of his patterns are his own patterns. It's not like we were saying, hey, Tony, you know, do this. It's like when you have Tony Allen in the room, you kind of just play. And the chemistry was there, really there from the beginning. And he just did his thing. And it was it was great. It was fun. It was, he just uh, quite literally just plays, right? If I'm understanding correctly, didn't you have him on for like two tracks? And he's like, no, no, let's do 10. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It really clicked. Um it, it does feel good to be sort of blessed by one of the originators of the music, definitely. Although there was this sense, uh, as soon as we first started playing together, which was a, a rehearsal before our first show in Minneapolis uh, a few years ago, and um, it, you just kind of go into this musician craft kind of work mindset, and you, you kind of forget you're playing with Tony Allen, but at the same time, you catch yourself every every once in a while going, man, that's Tony Allen, you know, that's Tony Allen. You, more so that you feel his style and 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 you're right in there with it. So it was a really cool uh, process of, you know, hearing somebody, hearing the recordings, studying the way they play, and then playing with them, definitely. When you are working with collaborators who will be contributing in an explicitly vocal capacity, how does that work with the songs that you have very specific intentions for, especially when we are talking about social justice and activism messages that you want to convey? Do you work with the artist to say, while we wrote Race Hustle, Kevin and I were thinking about X, Y, and Z. I'm wondering if you have any thoughts on this. That one in particular was very timely. I think it was around 2014. We were all in the studio um, that that day, and um, there was a lot of the Ferguson rioting happening at the time and uh, in reaction to the murder there. And it, it, there was really not even any sort of inkling of doubt of what the song would be about. Chasey kind of came into the studio. We had the session that day and uh, ran with the idea. It was just, there, there was really no choice in, in my opinion. And um, you know, The dude he, is amazing. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was interesting what was happening at the time when we were working with a lot of these artists. I'd say there are at least, well, the other song on the album that, that is very directly uh, in touch with that topic is one of the tracks with uh, Ugochi on it, which is I Don't Know. Um, she's singing in, in what's called Pidgin English, which is sort of a Nigerian slang dialect. And regular English, but but the theme of the song is still about about the same thing. It's about um, the abuse of police power and how that relates to the times. Anyone can murder, but blue can get away. Stealing is a crime everywhere, but for blue, it's okay. to the top of this conversation where we were talking about what attracted you to the genre to begin with a lot of it had to do with not just 
the messages that were conveyed through the music, but also the upbeat kind of vibey sensation that also kind of got your feet moving. Is it tough to strike the balance between social commentary, making sure, though, that it's still getting people in a good mood as opposed to what can happen with social commentary and that it just beat you down? Yeah, for sure. Makes you realize that the world is ish. I think there's a catharsis in music. If you look at, you know, uh, genres like the blues, which you can have somebody singing a song that's very depressing, but it still somehow lifts you up. Um, I think music kind of let, lends itself to you getting away with raising some heavy stuff and still making people want to dance or celebrate. It's kind of just a, a unique uh, kind of artistic uh, genre to be to be expressing yourself in. But um, there are some of the songs on the record that are definitely more on the party side, too, and really are, are not trying to lay down anything too heavy on people. Well, congratulations on the album. It is What Goes Up. And the second album is going to be Keeps Going Up, right? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> up further. Dave, Kevin, thank you so much for making time for us. Thank no you, problem. Guys. Thank you. Someday them abuse them. So make you dare ready. 